Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good afternoon. Today is November the 20th, 2013, and you're listening to Conversations with Dr. Devon Young. Um, today is going to be a really special guest, um, but before I get into who he is, if you're checking Facebook, if you are on our mailing list, or you're looking at BTR, you already know who this wonderful man is, um, but I want to talk about something. You know, often we find ourselves wondering um, what is going on with my life. Why am I going through what I'm going through? Uh, why do we want to, why do, we, why do things go the way they go? Why am I suffering? Why is life upside down? And what we don't realize is that everything in your life is happening for a reason. It's happening for a season or for a lesson. For a lesson. What, what happens with many people is that we find ourselves in a situation that we are we, we seem like you know why is all this stuff happening to me? Well, I'm you know why am I suffering? Why do I have lack? Why does my life seem to be so derailed and discombobulated? Why did the person that I love betray me? Why did I even betray myself? You know I did nothing. Why are these things going down the way they're going down? Uh, you know, who upstairs did I go and tick off today? Well, I want to give you some good news. If you are in the midst of a storm, if you are in the midst of what appears to be probably one of the most challenging or the uh, worst seasons in your life, I can assure you that all of it, I do mean absolutely every single bit of it is working for your good. How can I tell you that? Well, it's real simple. I remember um, maybe a few years ago, I got a phone call. My mom died. I get home, you know, only child. So you know that's devastating, right? You, It's just you, the one person that's like your best friend now is gone. And when I get there, you know, that was the easy part. As a matter of fact, in, in one way, if there was any news that was almost good, it was she wasn't suffering anymore. But I had no freaking clue the nightmare, the living hell that I was actually going to live. And what took place in my life was that um, I was sitting there scratching my head and, and asking myself, you know, God, why is this happening uh, what, you know, what is the problem? Why, why are we suffering? Why are things going bad? Um, and as we thought, think about that situ- very situation kicking in, I um, found myself sitting in the house feeling despondent, 
actually, even, I mean, a lot of you probably can't relate to this, but if you are normal like most of us, you will. I was even mad at God. I'm like, man, you know, what's up? Not only did you take my mother, but here's the deal, people. The I lost everything. I mean, I literally um, was getting ready to go and get some money out the bank to make arrangements for my mom, and I went to five banks. Everything had been embezzled. All of it, I mean, literally, these people had left like just $14 in an account. I guess they didn't get that because they just didn't write the check. And then to make things even worse, I'm sitting in my mother's house, and I find the uh, where they had withdrawn $10,000 out of one account, and the idiots were even stupid enough to leave the deposit slip that's dated the same day and where they put the money in another account. So long story short, I'm sitting there. Um, I can't cry anymore. I don't, you know, there's so many people that I wanted to blame, and, and the sad part is, these were the same folks that were changing diapers on my mother and and uh, praying with me and touching and agreeing. And I come to find out these are the same people uh, that were in on this embezzlement. I'm going to tell you that something that was really crazy. As silly and as weird and as nonsensical as this is going to sound, God was setting me up for a blessing and using a hot mess to do it. So that could be, if you really look at your circumstances, hopefully you're not going through um, anything like that uh, in your life. But that was my first confirmation that I knew something special was going to happen. I, I knew at that moment that life wasn't just a bag of oranges. It wasn't just this mess. Um that I didn't have control of, but there was something else happening. Well, I'm going to tell you how it it played out for me. If that hadn't happened, I would not have gone on this plight to get to know God the way I got to know him. Second thing is I would not be Dr. Young today. You know, I wanted to do other things with my life. Well, I probably would have been Dr. Young, but not – uh, doing what I do, and especially with you, you know, and, and I wouldn't be able to sit and tell you that late in the midnight hour, when things are upside down and chaotic in your life and they make absolutely no sense whatsoever, um, I wouldn't be able to let you know that, you know what, it's going to be all right. It's not the end of the world. So, with that said, I've got a guy that is going to join the program a little later. His name, I think you've probably heard of him. His name is um, um, Brian Courtney Wilson. He is one of the most phenomenal people that you will ever meet in your life, and he is um, the proof that God um, that God definitely uses ordinary people and to do extraordinary, really wonderful super ordinary things and with that said julia has uh brian made it to the studio yet hey dr young hey, you're here oh man yes sir they, how are you um great um i i wanted to set this thing up and give some people some background in case you're living in a cave somewhere and don't know who Brian Courtney Wilson is, let me tell you what God has done with his brother, uh, and, and we're going to talk about this. 
Brian is a three-time Gospel Music Association Dove Award nominee. This brother, uh, his album So Proud debuted number one on Billboard's Gospel Chart. He's uh, he's just got he's you know so many Grammy and multi-award winning producers and songwriters work with them. But here's what I want to talk to uh, Brian about today. Brian, what is it that got you into the moment where you knew, without a shadow of a doubt, in a dark hour, that God had a plan for Brian Courtney Wilson's life? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, well, first of all, the, the first thing I would say is thank you for having me on today. I really appreciate you uh, thinking that I, I'd have something of value to say to your listeners. I, I really appreciate that. Um, and second, I would say I think it's a, you know, it's an act of faith. You know, I don't know that you always definitively just know, but you act like you know, like you you believe what you've heard in the Bible, you believe what your parents, what credible witnesses have told you about what God will do in your darkest hour, and then you walk it out step by step. Um, I always uh, liken it to walking on water. You know, like we, we hear that story about walking on water in the Bible, and um uh, you know, I've never actually walked on water, but I can imagine every step feels really rickety. Like that could be the, the next step could be the step where I, I drown. Like it, this is not going to work out. And just to kind of take it full circle back to, to my situation, before, uh, you know, Just Love hit, before I got any critical acclaim, any uh, notoriety for what I was doing, I really wasn't sure anything was going to pop off. You know, I, I, there were people that used to call me that weren't calling me back. Uh, money was very tight. Uh, I was starting to question whether or not I had led my family down a road um, to oblivion, to be honest with you, because, you know, I, I thought I was answering the call of God and I wasn't getting the confirmation that I thought I was looking for. And then, like you said, you just said it, like late in the midnight hour, God, you know, sent an advocate, I'll put it like that, someone who was there to, first of all, confirm, like, man, what, are you, what you're doing is valuable. And it wasn't like a large group of people. It was just one person. And then this one person and I together were faithful towards the vision that God had given me to get this music out there. And the rest is literally history. Now, when, with that said, most people, they, they look at the person after the anointing has impacted the life. They look at the person when they're going, you know what, this dude's got it going on. He's got these albums out, all this stuff. But what they never see is the life that was, I guess, part of the process, for the lack of a better term or phrase, that God put you through. So give us a little bit, Brian, about what it was like growing up being you. Well, to be honest with you, I'm still in process. You know, I think there's still things that God is trying to teach me about faithfulness, like we get you to one level of, a, of faithfulness where you can believe for, for a certain thing, and he says, okay, I got this for you now. Are you ready to step out there and do it? And are you ready to let go of the things that have been keeping you from taking that step? So I think, you know, I can't speak for everybody. I'm just I'm saying for me, I'm still in a process where I'm dying to myself every day. And I think that was, that was one of the first things God was trying to show me. He was like, man, if, if you're really sincere about doing this for me, you're not just really out here trying to be famous because you can't get an R&B record out or trying to be famous so you can say your life has some significance. You know, if you really want to help people, 
you got to die to yourself. You got to, you can't make this about you. And, um, you know, my ministry experiences, my family, you know, and the way my family and I treat each other, those all led to um, getting to that point where I had to see more than just my own gratification come out of my actions, if you if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I definitely do. I remember yeah. uh, we have uh, someone in common, and that's Pastor Rudy Wilson. Uh, and, and, you know, Rasmus, the, Rasmus. I mean, Rudy Rasmus, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just named a dead friend of mine, Rudy, please. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Rudy Rasmus has been this instrument, uh, instrumental guiding force in my life. And when I met Rudy, I can't say uh, in the demeanor of this show how I would phrase it, but, um, you know, the first letter looks like a snake and the last letter ends in a T, and I was full of that. And Rudy mm-hmm. would always pull me to the side, and I would I, – I had – I don't know what about this dude – uh, whether he had some kind of uh, God was using him as my mirror. And I kept asking, well, really, what did I do now? And he would always, in a loving, supportive, big brother-like way, be like, D, man, you know, you're still not being you. you still." And I'm like, what the hell do you mean I'm not being me? And, and God, and I did not know, this is before I lost everything. This is before I turned 40 back at U of H with nothing. And God had to find all the chinks in my armor. He had to humble me. He had to strip me down. And it was the best thing that could have ever happened in my life. So my question to you, Brian, is how has God stripped you down to get to where the pure Brian Courtney Wilson exists? Mm, that's, that's another good question. Um uh, it's like a that's like a therapist question. <laughs> you know, to keep your secrets and stuff like that. So you know, and that's that's one of the things I had to learn too is that, you know, not everybody was in, entitled to my story. You know, there's a there's a hymn that we say, uh, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. And and then it, it goes on to say that there's a peace that sometimes we forfeit because we don't take our issues to God in prayer. And there have been times when I have looked to people for comfort. I've looked to people for validation. I've looked to people for um, permission to walk out my my destiny. And that was one of the things that I believe God was stripping me of. It was like, man, there's some people, as much as you, you may admire them, they're never going to support you the way I support you. Um, and I don't know why you keep looking to them for the, same, for the support that only I can give. Why do you keep looking for to them for the validation I've already given you on the cross. I died for your sins. I died so that you can be made whole and set free and uh, you can live forever. Why do you need anybody else to validate that your life is worth something? So I think that was one of the first things that, you know, on this journey God tried to strip me of and then continue to strip you of because you'll connect with people um, and, Sometimes people let you down, you know, people that you really like, really admire, you know, you, uh, you, you get to know them, you let them in your heart and they let them in yours, and, and, you know, people just let you down because they're not perfect, and you have to learn how to let people off the hook for not being perfect, to extend mercy. You talked about Rudy. That's, that's one, one thing I think Rudy is very good at is, um, you know, looking you dead in your face and talking about your flaws in a way where 
he doesn't make you feel like you're being rejected because of the reason. Like he's still extending mercy, still saying, hey, he belongs. And I'm talking about Rudy, but I think that's the call that all Christians should have. You need to learn to be gracious and extend grace, extend mercy, uh, while being truthful at the same time so people get to uh, the maturity that God is calling them to. Man, I tell you, I I remember one day um, I was sitting there, and this is after, you know, a couple of best-selling books and all this junk, and I was talking to you, actually, and I was, like, I, I never will forget, I think it was like one of the first times I saw you staying at church, and you were so humble, and you were so meek, and I thought you were a pastor. You know, at that time, and I started talking to you like you were a pastor, probably like you were a therapist more than anything else. And then it it just dawned on me that when I was witnessing how the move that God had made in your spirit, and the move that I'm referring to, America, is Brian, if you ever meet Brian, you will never see this arrogant. I mean, for all of this talent, Brian can stand in the middle of a crowded room and start singing, and it will look like throwing a pebble into water. The concentric circles form, and they go out, and that's what his voice does. It, it, it touches and penetrates uh, this crowd, and it, and it penetrates your soul. And all of this power and all of this resonance in Brian's voice, and I looked over there, and here's this dude that's just sitting there making it all about God. So that moment that I'm talking about, well, uh, Julia, if you don't mind, cue up this next song already here. This is the song that he was singing, and when we come back, we're going to talk to you about that, um, the meaning of that song and what it means to you and what resonates with its value with you. All right, Brian? Yes, sir. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, America, Australia, the U.K., the Virgin Islands, the Caribbean, you're listening to Conversations with Dr. Devon Young, and I'm proud to share such a wonderful gift with you already here by Brian Courtney Wilson. Let it play to you. Wait, Lord, we anticipate 
the moment you choose to appear We worship, we praise until there's no difference And we recognize you're already here Hallelujah, you're already here Hallelujah, you're already here. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, you're here. The bomb for my wounded soul. of God in it, but I also hear 
in the way that you present it and in your testimony, I hear a connection that you have with the meaning of God. You are already here. Tell me the significance of that. Uh, well, the first thing I say about it, if you, if you hear that connection, it's because God was merciful and graceful enough, uh, grace-filled enough to extend it to me, to, to reveal it to me. It's not because of anything special I've done um, except try to live and, and try to do the right thing based on what my parents were showing me and what I learned in church. I say all that to say is that that's kind of what the song was about. You know, we were and we were in a worship design meeting. That's what we used to call them when we would try to outline the, the order of service at our church. And a lot of times we would get into these debates at the top of service about the type of songs we would do and how we would play that, that part of the service out because uh, there was a time when we were really concerned about evoking the presence of God, making sure God's presence was in the room. And, um, you know, this particular argument got pretty heated because, you know, it was important to people. People that were in the room were passionate about doing the right thing for God. And, and one of the things God showed me that night after that meeting was that, man, I'm already here. I need you to know that. Like, there's nothing you could do to get me to not be here. I'm omnipresent. And I'm here not because you, you've done anything to deserve me being here. It's because you don't. It's because you need me here. You are broken. And I am the balm for your wounded soul. And so it, it was a shift for me. Like, it's not about trying to get God's presence in the room. It's about us making sure we recognize his presence in the room. Um, and that, that's, that's really where that song came from. Man, I know it, it reminds me of a time I was uh, mentoring one of my young men, and he, he was asking me, he said, you know, Doc, man, how, how do I find God? And I said, you don't. I said, you don't have to find him because he's already here. And matter of fact, if you really want to find him, all you got to do is just embrace right now. And right yeah. now he is so present. And, and speaking of presence, uh, I have a gentleman that's joining the show right now that uh, first I want to just say I love this dude and there's nothing he can do about it. Um, he has been, I've known this man since 1998. He has been a father figure. He's been a uh, very, very dear, very dear friend. But more than anything else, he's been a catalyst in my life to help me Find the God within me. With that said, Pastor Rudy Rasmus, how are you doing? Hey, how y'all doing today? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> doing good. 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 Hey, Pastor Rudy, I wanted yes. to, uh, and first I want, I know how busy you are, both of you are, so thank you for taking the moments out of your uh, pressing schedules to be here. But the reason why I want you, wanted you here, Pastor, is that we this show is listened to all around the world. Millions of people are going to hear this broadcast, and I wanted you to help people find what Brian found, and that's this connection to what God has purposed them to do. And and my question for you is, what did you see when you saw Brian that gave you the indication that this guy is something very special? D, I'm sorry. I said, what did you see when you saw and heard Brian that you know, just really oh, yeah. let you know God had his hands on this cat and he's very special? Well, let me tell you, first of all, thank you for uh, for, for taking my call. It is it is good to be on the air with you. I am. And I want, I want the uh, listening audience to know 
how equally proud I am of you. Uh, you you have been uh, breaking ground for many years, and uh, and this is another step in that groundbreaking movement that you uh, have initiated. And, and and thanks for what you do. I really really appreciate you. And thanks for being part of my extended family too. You uh, you you're, you're an important part of of my uh, my family. And I'm gonna tell you as it relates to uh, as it relates to Brian, you know. Um, you know, the only music I listen to uh, is the music of people whose uh, words I trust. And, uh, you know, it's it's from the moment I met this brother years ago, um, I trusted his words. You know, I knew that uh, he wasn't just singing a song, but he was actually uh, singing a testimony. And, and in the midst of that, you know, um, uh, the, the the truth and the honesty uh, that comes through his music is uh, is the kind of truth and honesty the world needs in music today. So uh, from from that very initial moment, I tell you, Brian, uh, uh, Brian and I connected, and we have worked together now for almost we're get, getting close to ten years. Man, it's, that time just has flown. Boy, uh, Brian, I want to ask you a quick question. Um, there, during the Pastor Rudy experience, we have something that uh, takes place at St. John's. And, and let me say this before I get letters from anybody. I am not trying to advocate any uh, <laughs> denomination or some stuff. Plus, if you come to our church, you'll, you'll be, first, you're going to be shocked and go, this is really a church. And then, second, you're going to be mesmerized by how God works in that congregation. But, Brian, when you came and and took the stage and the microphone, what did you see in the people that were in the audience? that inspired you to say, you know what, I know that what I have, these people need. What did you see in terms of people's open places, man? And and not just at St. John's, but around the country as you travel. Wow, that's okay. Let's go back to St. John's first because it's, it's almost, well, I, I guess I can answer it the same way. I I didn't. It wasn't just that I saw something that they needed that I had. It was more like, man, I need to be here. You know, I, um, there were there were broken places in my life that I needed healed, and I saw where just staying in the mix, even when there were days that they were uncomfortable, you know, staying in the mix was going to lead to that healing. And in the process, I think one of the things that we all need to learn to do is while we're we're getting our healing, is you can't stop giving. And so that was the best thing I had to give was, was my voice and my, my talent. And so that's what I, I tried to do at St. John's is continue to give while I was in process of healing. And that's what I've tried to do all over the country. If you, when people meet me and, you know, I've heard that before that they say I'm, I'm humble is because I can't, I don't see how you could be a Christian unless you were trying to be a Christian to impress people without being humble. I mean, first of all, what we believe doesn't make sense. I mean, we believe a lot of stuff that just sounds ridiculous, like people walk on water and that you could be risen from the dead in three days and stuff like that. It sounds ridiculous, yet we still believe it. But then on top of that, we believe that without this Savior, this God that we've never seen before, we would not be saved. We would not be the best people that we can be. And all we can do is live this out. And I, I think when you come to terms with the fact that what you believe outside of your 
your cultural upbringing, if you came up in church, what you believe outside of that to other people just doesn't make sense. It has to humble you while you walk it out and then watch God's power manifest in your life in a way that makes other people believe too. You know, with that said, Rudy, um, you and I have some very similar things in that we knew we know the streets just like we know the pul- the word in the pulpit. The thing that I found, and, and I really want your comment on this, what I found is that man, and when I say man, I'm talking about just religious church folk, are attempting to make God in their image rather than try to conform to the image of God. What's your take on that? You know, you know, whenever um, whenever we uh, get beside ourselves, um, and and actually uh, we have created something, uh, that's when we are beginning to get in in trouble. Um, you know, uh, something something the uh, uh, the recovering community uh, has helped me to understand over the years, and and I respect uh, people in recovery like like you can't imagine because of the uh, commitment required to uh, to take steps every day uh as though that day was your first day but the one thing they've taught me that that is the most important thing I have I think I have learned uh thus far is uh to recognize uh a power uh greater than me and to and to admit that my life is unmanageable uh without that power uh being in control. You know, so so whenever we think we are uh we are God, uh then it's a matter of time uh before we are on the road to a uh, an humbling experience. You know, pride uh you know, the ancient text says pride comes before a fall. And and if whenever I see somebody filled with pride uh, I'm careful. First of all, I'm not riding with them because that fall right. might happen while I'm riding with them. You know, so, <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm stepping back and I'm going to watch because it is a matter of time. So yeah, you know, people people got their own way, and 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 my uh, my grandmama used to say, you know, baby, just live long enough and you will understand. So so if 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 it hadn't happened yet, then then just hold on. You will have a moment uh, where you will be forced to practice humility. Brian, with with that said, in practicing humility, where have you had the rubber meet the road in terms of reaching your wit's end? Um, Because I know all men, especially men that are submitted to the purpose that God has placed on their lives, the men that are walking it out and not – just talking but living it, which you do. I mean, I see how you are with your family, with your son, but I also know that you're human. When is the last time, uh, if you don't mind sharing that because you're going to help someone today, that you just said, you know what, I can't do this. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of somebody or something, some set of circumstances. And tell me what happened and how did you make it through the night? Ah, another another therapist question. Let me let me take okay. a moment. <laughs> uh, let's see. To say you know I'm sick of it, type thing. I, that doesn't happen a lot with me. You know, uh, I just I try not to to walk away from stuff. You know, and I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, even if, if I see them in a fault. Uh, 
especially if it was towards me, I always try to assume, okay, maybe they just didn't know. You know, I got to try to explain it to them. I'm probably harder on myself on things than than I am on other people. And so maybe uh, I I would say career. Like we, as I I walk out this music ministry and ministry period, you know, when I first came out, I I would say I was hot. You know, and that's what the, that's what they say in the music business that you're hot. Now, just kind of dealing with the fact that I may not be as hot as I as I was. Like you know, it's, I'm not the first name on everybody's lips. People kind of know who I am, but it's not hot. You know, it's not a hit on the radio or something like that. Just kind of dealing with that, and then deciding that, man, you know, did you come here to be hot or did you come here to be to add value? Did you come here to add value consistently? And um. I've decided that I've come to add value just consistently. I've come to to make myself more valuable with the work that I do and with my faithfulness, and um, that that can be humbling, especially like when you you've experienced what it feels like to be hot and some of the entitlement that goes along with that. Um, I get, that's one thing I guess I've, I've kind of had to deal with. But I, uh, oh, and Pastor Rudy, just so everybody knows, Pastor Rudy had to leave, and he told me to make sure that. I uh, articulated that he said, I love you, and, he, and he's definitely proud of you, uh, which I, I surely share that. Brian, when I look at shows, there's some new content on TV uh, about these preachers in L.A., and I am a firm believer, uh, and probably this is because T.D. Jakes and Pastor Robinson at the Potter's House were my first real mentors, but, you know, I believe that it is okay to have prosperity, what I don't believe is that it's okay to let prosperity have you. And I think that um, there's a way that we can have the best of what life has to offer, but I think there's a way to do it. And you do that so well. What is your key to being so grounded? Is it uh, Stacy Wilson? <laughs> is it um, – just uh, your parents are bringing. What kept you from getting the big head when you have all these reasons to have it? I, I just I don't see myself as having reasons to have a big head. You know, and it, uh, I just don't. You know, the the good things that have happened to me have, have been because of God's grace and favor in my life, and because you know He's put good people in my life at at, at opportune times to step up on my behalf. And, you know, there's work that I've done to be prepared to um, walk into certain opportunities. But, you know, I just, life can be fragile. You know, things can change. And you can you can be the best singer in the world and never get heard. Or you could be the best singer in the world and be in a car accident tomorrow and you're not able to walk on the stage anymore. So those are the types of things that, that kind of keep me grounded uh, in that regard. Uh, and speaking of such, we uh, we were just had so much to choose from as it related to the content and the music that we had to uh, select for the show, and I wanted to share with America as well as, well as the uh, other uh, five continents that are listening to us uh, right now some of your music. So Julia, would you surprise me and give us uh, just love? I, I think um, this is something that really needs to be heard, and I encourage you. America to go out and buy Brian Courtney Wilson. We're going to take a two-minute break while you listen to his music. You're listening to Conversations 
with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. We'll be right back in two minutes. Check this out. Man, I've been to a lot of beautiful churches. And they were filled with so many beautiful people. It was a pleasure to be there. There's just this one church in Houston, Texas. I had to write a song about Cause they love me They would say You can run, you can run, you can run You can run But there's no hiding place You can't deny Don't try to fight Cause we love you And there is nothing you could ever do About If you get off track Turn around and come right back Because we love you And there is nothing you could ever do About If you lose your way You still got a place to stay So touch somebody Find out that they understand When you tell them what you've been through Who you are, what you had to do you hear them say that the God we serve has made a way for you to lay your burden down, rest and make a joyful sound because we love you. There is nothing you could ever do on oh, no, about if you get off track, turn around and come right back because we love you and there is nothing you could ever do. If you lose your way, you still got a place to stay. Man, that is so phenomenal. You know, it's it's funny. When I listen to you sing, it takes me so out of it that even in doing this program, I find myself over here wanting to worship and praise and have my prayer time. And I was like, okay, you're doing a show right now. Um, With that stated, you did a project of late uh, called United Tenors, and it, I mean, this thing, it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, all I can say is if you didn't get a chance to see that, uh, I feel sorry for you. What was it like, man, for you, Fred Hammond, and Hollister to be on the stage at the same time? Um, man, it was, it was always a joy to be honest with you, because I got a chance to know those guys off the stage uh, beforehand, and we just always had a good time in the studio, always had a good time recording. Uh, and, I, you know, I tell people all the time, I don't think that this project was just about us making some good music. It was about us, um, you know, gaining brothers and, and forming a brotherhood uh, between ourselves. And I'm really thankful for that. I'm thankful that that happened. And I think that that type was the type of chemistry that will come out on stage at night. And I, I really enjoyed doing it every time. What, when, what was your most memorable moment uh, from that? Because I know there had to be many. But of all the times that if, while you were being a witness to your own journey, what just really resonated with you as something that you're going to hang on to for the rest of your life? Mm. Man, really the whole thing, but there was, you know, there was one point during the show 
where we, you know, we would sing Fred songs. And so to have an opportunity to sing one of Fred's songs, it was Bread of Heaven, actually. And uh, and just kind of watch him give me the mic to sing his song. And then wow. the audience was responding to his song. It just was a surreal moment to me because I just have always been uh, an admirer of Fred's music. And to have the opportunity to share it in front of him and him be willing to allow that to happen was just, that was a big deal to me. Has there ever been a, a time where prior to taking that stage, the jitters set in and you just were overcome because it's like, uh, God, I'm being used and I'm finally here. You know, I, I know, I know for me, uh, I've had such moments when I, you know, doing keynotes for like the graduation at my university or revisiting U of H and being a keynote speaker, I know that uh, I would have a moment even with a lump in my throat to where, you know, no no one knew my struggle, I guess is what I'm saying, and to finally be able to have God let me be, a, not other people be a witness, but let me be a witness to what he's done through and to and for me, and it's been overwhelming. Describe a time that that's happened to you. I don't. I don't know if I think about it like that. Um, I get jitters beforehand, but it's it's not because of that piece. It's more like I don't know what's about to happen. I was just explaining it to somebody else. Like you can do all the planning you want in terms of sound checking and making sure you got your track ready or you got your band in place, but things happen, and then you can get up there and, and things go awry, and you just hope that you're prepared to handle whatever happens and comes your way. First of all, but then second of all, I, I you know. I I don't just I don't separate my witness from the stage. Like I feel like I'm living, I'm trying to live a life everywhere I go and in front of everybody, to where you know I'm not looking like a hypocrite for saying that I love God. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you found in gospel? I remember one of my uh, wake up calls to gospel music was back in the day. I, I'm definitely not going to mention anybody's name because. Uh, all of us have our struggles. So a lot of people, uh, one thing Pastor Rudy said earlier, and you also commented on, is that we're not perfect. I mean, we we have bills. We get mad. We go through the same things everybody else goes through. And I know if anyone's watching my walk, they're like, when is he going to stop cussing? You know what I mean? Rudy and I both had that issue. But there's there's been so much. But when, when you look at um, dealing with the business, of music and of gospel music, because at one level it still is a business. What has been uh, the wake-up call for you? Because I'm asking this question because there's so many young uh, gospel artists out there. Alexis Fight was on my show. Uh, You know, sister was on Sunday Best, and she was uh, telling me about her story and, and all the hard things she experienced. So, the games that promoters play, that even churches play with artists, have you found that you have the same things to deal with as a gospel artist that, let's say, a secular artist would have to endure? Um, you know, and I don't even know if it's a wake-up call. There were things that I anticipated, and then, you know, that kind of happened, you know, that I've, I've seen uh, before I came in, things that actually made me hesitant to get into the, the music business part of this thing. And I'm going to answer this, and then, unfortunately, i got to go too, Dr. Young. I had another appointment 
coming up at one. But uh, this is what I want to say to a young artist stepping out here. And, I, you know, I heard, <laughs> I saw Pastor uh, John P. Key tweet this one day. If you get out here and you want to do music business, you need to make sure that when you start making some money, if you make some money, you, you know, don't go out and try to buy the latest thing. Don't try to buy a lot of clothes and stuff like that. Get some money for legal fees because there will be times when people will try to test you from a legal standpoint, and you want to have some money in the bank if you need to defend yourself to defend yourself properly. Wow. Money for legal fees, period. Man, okay, last question. I know you got to get out of here. Uh, Where are you going to be next, and what projects are you working on, and where do you want your fans to go to connect with you? Uh, yeah, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm on uh, B. Courtney Wilson on Twitter and also Just Love Now on Facebook, Brian Courtney Wilson on Instagram. Please reach out. Uh, actually, um, I'm tentatively scheduled to be in, in uh, the Word Network tomorrow with uh, Bishop Hezekiah Walker. We just did a project together uh, called um, Susan Next Generation. The song is called Grace. Please go online and pick that up. Please go out and pick up the United Tennis Project. So Proud is still in stores. Uh, Just Love is still in stores. So please pick up those projects. Also, uh, you want to, uh, let's see, we'll be in New Orleans actually this Friday. I'll be there with actually Alexis Spite for a concert there in uh, in the New Orleans area. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter to find out where that's going to be. And that is about it. Anything else coming up, just, just reach out to me on Twitter and I'll let you know. Hey, man, I want to thank you so much, America, UK. Stay right with us. That was Brian Courtney Wilson. Dude, I love you. Keep doing what you do, and you are touching so many lives, especially mine. With him going out, you are going to play Brian Courtney Wilson's All I Need, and we'll be right back in two minutes. Spin that music, Julia. All right. Thanks, Dr. Young. Love you, man. Touch from you.
with no one to call because, you know, just keeping it real, when your butt gets broke, people quit taking your phone calls, okay? And, and I know at U of H, I was walking around this campus, you know, this 40-year-old dude, no money, but like ravens. And if you stop and think, ravens are scavengers. You know, they were used to feed uh, a prophet when he was like really down and out, man. God positioned people to feed me, put a roof over my head. And America, being honest with you, that's when I learned how to like me for me. I was so full of crap that I wanted you to like me because of what I was driving, because of what I had on, because I had on some jewelry. I, I had lost touch of even being connected to someone liking me for who I was instead of what I represented, or even worse, what I thought I represented, which a lot of you right now, you're running around and you're living up to your image. Question is, what kind of damn image is it? And is it really something you want to continue to live up to? So these circumstances that you're in, the fact that no one is taking your call and the people that are, you don't even want to talk to them. The fact that life has um, taken the course that it's taken and, you, and you're sitting there asking yourself, you know, why me? I want you to ask yourself this question, why not you? You know, there, it, it's written that God only chases those whom he loves, and he often uh, will only take people that are destined to do great things and put them through tribulation. So that tribulation that you're going through right now is in your life to not only make you a better person, uh, but to bring out the best in you. You, The better days are yet to come. If you're heartbroken because um, someone that you thought loved you and you realize that, you know what, that wasn't really love, you know, uh, the person that you thought you were going to count on, they let you down too. Even that person that's in your mirror, you, you've let you down. I'm going to tell you this. Life's race does not go to the strong or to the fast or the swift. It goes to the person that endures and doesn't quit. If you don't stop and give up what's coming around the corner for you is something that is so much bigger than you, I assure you that it's worth every tear. You know, God created you with a storm in mind, man, just to, to keep it real. All of these things, uh, and I'm going to say this to uh, Julie down in Barbados, you know, she's her mother's health is failing, dad's health is bad, so you got to say a shout of prayer out to my teammate, Julie Dash. But, uh, you know, he designed you with this storm in mind, and I want you to know, Beyond the shadow of a doubt, as uh, I get ready to leave you, you know, I would tell you that thing, but if can't nobody love you like you, you love, you know, make sure you do it. But, and I'm going to break tradition today on this show. And uh, I really want to say thank you to Julia before I do this, but you can get this, get this queued up, Julia. We're going to go, uh, go to this music in a couple of minutes. I want you to know that God still cares. And I'm here to tell you there were many days homie, let me tell you, many nights when I felt like God did not care about me, why would he abandon me? But it's when you think that he is the furthest away is because he's holding you so close that you can't see him. 
and what you thought was really a curse, that is the very spawning place for your blessing. So with that said, America, the Virgin Islands, the U.K., Canada, you know, I love you guys a lot. Stay tuned. Sunday night's show is going to be the bomb. We've got a lot of uh, very special guests. And, again, I want to send a special thank you today for Brian Courtney Wilson for being on the program. Also to Pastor Rudy, and you need to check out Touched His Book and the Pastor Rudy Experience. So with that said, now, Brian Courtney Wilson, he still cares. Love you guys. Check this song out and don't miss a minute of it. Talk to you Sunday night. If you've ever felt like God has turned your face away Here's a reminder He still cares for you Even when you're going through God will never He'll never leave you. He'll never leave you. He still cares. He still cares for you. You. He still cares. He still cares for you. He wants to meet you right where you are. Let him prove it again. He can. 